hide your maze tattoo, update your conspiracy board, and get ready to weather the storm with us as we return to Haven. This is Trouble, the self-proclaimed number one Haven rewatch podcast. Debuting back in 2010 as a sci-fi channel original show, Haven stars Emily Rose, Lucas Bryant, and Eric Balfour as they take on a different curse every week while trying to solve the mysteries of Haven. All right. Like usual, I am your first host in our father-son podcasting duo, Alex French. And I'm your co-host, Rich French, the French who hates sandworms, just like you hate sandworms. <laughs> uh, as usual, we like to summarize the episode for you, just in case you haven't seen it. Uh, it's especially prevalent now that the show is not on Netflix, but you can still watch it on Tubi. And we'll be having a little surprise announcement maybe about that towards the end of the episode. But I'll just leave that as a little teaser, little teaser for you guys. All right, let's get into this episode. This is episode three, episode this is episode four of season two. The episode is called Sparks and Recreation. What do you think of that title? Oh, uh, suck, <laughs> sucks ball bag. Yeah. You think it's, <laughs> it's a play on Parks and Recreation, Sparks. Yeah, I I, I got it. Yeah, uh, I went to college. I figured it out. But no, I, I, Nathan. I, I just thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's he's seen worse. <laughs> Yeah, I'll talk more about the title later. So this episode begins at a baseball game, right? There's two baseball te- like little or two baseball te- teams in the in the town and Nathan says you're a fan of one or you're a fan of the other and it's a big deal. Right, you're either a, a blue sea dog or a red cutter. So everybody's either every boy's either blue or red. Exactly. Uh, and here at this baseball game, uh, the mayor shows up to throw a pitch. It's one of the worst fucking pitches I'm Terrible, terrible hand-eye coordination. I could have thrown a better pitch than that. Uh, terrible pitch. Everybody's laughing. Nathan's like, what a great guy. And Audrey's like, okay, it's kind of weird. He's such <laughs> a great man. And there's a kid, uh, you know, making a making a run to home base. And uh, the umpire calls it safe. And the guy on the opposing bench freaks out, right? Comes out screaming at the umpire. Pissed right. Uh, the manager of the Cutters is uh, Chris Brody, who happens to be the son of Mayor Richard Brody. And by the way, Mayor Brody, awesome first name. <laughs> yeah, it worked out well for him. Um, <laughs> so then he, he's kind of yelling and the guy kind of backs up and says, OK, you know what? Maybe you're right. Uh, it wasn't safe. He's out. And then uh, what happens after that? Well, then after after he you know relents and changes the call to out, we start seeing all this uh, like static electricity sparking from the lights, and then it just goes haywire and starts shooting out everywhere. So Nathan and Andre are trying to get everyone the, to evacuate. The ump's kind of caught in the middle. And uh, Audrey spots a, like a kid like frozen out in left field. And it's pretty clear that light pole is going to come down. So Audrey runs out, gets the kid out of the way as the light falls. Poor umpire Larry Kunkel, he gets uh, hit by some flying debris first. And then he gets like multiple streams of electricity hit him. And he will have to definitely go to the hospital. Right. And we got a little title slide. Then we uh, talked to Dwight. Nathan's kind of talking to him like, hey, you know, what's up? Uh, you know, and he's like, Hey, I'm your dad's cleaner. I fix everything. You know, he, or, you know, this all kind of explained. He's the cleaner. It kind of comes and fixes up all the problems that happen after the trouble. And he's a bit secretive. Right. And that's like kind of how the chief liked it. Right. Cause he can do electronic and, uh, construction pretty much, uh, anything. And by the way, he is played by WWE superstar edge. Yeah. Dwight's obviously a main character. If you've watched the show before, 
Then we cut back to the hospital, right, where the Empire is, and they're talking to him, right? Exactly. They're they're there. Nathan and Audrey are talking to the Empire. The Empire is basically saying, hey, that Chris Brody, he can't stand that the Empire's got final say, and uh, which starts making Audrey think, oh, maybe maybe it wasn't the Empire, maybe it's Chris Brody, and, uh, you know, which she kind of from the beginning wasn't a big fan right and the mayor comes in and the mayor's like hey we need to say it's an emp blast nathan i'm trusting you to tell the press about that nathan's like yeah sure no problem i'll tell him that and audrey's like what the fuck are you doing why'd you agree to that and nathan's like uh i don't know yeah i I don't know so one thing is is very clear through it is that he has a a popularity trouble right whenever the mayor's around people fawn over him and uh audrey is you know basically immune to the trouble so she's the only one who doesn't fall fawn all over him and like uh get her nose stuck in his rear so right and he answers a phone call arguing with somebody you know blah 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 blah. so we go down to the press conference right where he's going to address the crowd when he grabs the microphone and gets fucking electrocuted to death to death exactly and then the crowd kind of parts and his son chris brody uh played by jason Priestley, comes up and all of a sudden everyone in the crowd is fawning over over chris so now chris has inherited his dad's power right meanwhile duke is out in the forest exploring right he's got his map from the fbi file uh and he's looking for a place that's marked on the on the map he eventually, you know, he falls off a log. It's funny. Evie finds him. Turns out she's not mad. She wants in on the treasure too, you know. Yeah, she's not giving him a choice. She tells him he has a partner now. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, Audrey and Nathan go to talk to the mayor's son, Chris. And they're like, hey, you know, you know, Audrey thinks this guy is it, right? And they're talking to him. And he pulls out some mm-hmm. machinery in the ocean because he's a marine biologist or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. It's a subaquatic inductor regarding something with uh, the waves from the propeller and yada, yada, yada. Uh, he Not does have conductor. one great. Yeah, he has one great line. He's like, you think I electrocuted my own father to get these barnacled yahoos to love me? I loved it. It was great. Nathan, uh, you know, Audrey, he calls Audrey an idiot. She calls him an ass because they're adversarial through the uh, almost the entire episode. Nathan goes to apologize. His watch hits the canister of the device and shorts it out, which just makes Audrey think even more Chris is behind it. And so they uh, take Chris back to the police station, right, to interrogate him. Audrey wants to know why he did it, yada, yada. All the cops are fawning over him. Yeah, and uh, essentially Nathan asks for her, and uh, Stan and lets the and they they let Chris leave and go to his wake, his father's wake, which it makes sense. And then Audrey and Nathan know they have to go to the wake as well. Right, and meanwhile, Duke before that, Duke and Evie had been digging some stuff up, right, and they found the, a wooden plank that said Rasmussen, uh, R- R- Rasmussen, Rasmussen house. house, yeah, on it. So they need to figure out what this Rasmussen house is. Who are they gonna? Who are they gonna ask? Dave and Vince, who are also at the wake for the mayor. They're kind of haven encyclopedias, uh, right? So they're kind of going up to interrogate these guys, right? Uh, which takes us to the wake, where uh, real quick Duke, you know, tries to butter up Dave by giving him this like awesome meal and stuff, and Dave's like, "Yeah, what do you want?" Meanwhile, Evie goes to talk to Vince at the casket, and you know, she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm doing a, a paper on blah 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 mm-hmm. like." Uh, uh, and uh, famous families like the Rasmussen's and Vince is like, oh, you know, kind of gets all yeah. freaked out. Yeah. Her thesis on the founding fathers of Haven. Yeah. Right. Uh, Nathan has a little antagonistic 
conversation with the Rev. And the wife kind of, you know, reassures him like, oh, you know, the, the thanks for coming to my husband's funeral. Uh, the Rev's here to take care of me. Back at the police station, we'd also learned, right, that the wife is the second wife of the mayor, that Chris, the son of the mayor, that Chris's mom isn't uh, his current wife anymore. Exactly. And uh, that'll be explained a little later on uh, specifically. So Chris comes into the wake, you know, and he, he you know, makes, you know, have some banter with uh, Audrey. He grabs a, a wine bottle and all of a sudden, boom, he's shocked. Then Felicia's shocked. Then Evie is shocked and all of that. So we got multiple trips to the hospital. Got a bunch of people in the hospital, right? Uh, Duke goes to visit Evie in the hospital and she's like, you know what? I think it's time to retire. I'm getting too old for this shit. Blah, 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 blah. And then once Duke goes to get a doctor, she sneaks out because she wants to go to the Rasmussen house first. Exactly. And then Nathan, he interviews Felicia at the hospital and he, you know, asks her if she knew about the scorch marks and, uh, you know, if uh, the mayor ever strayed on her. And uh, she says, no, the mayor only strayed one time 27 year, years ago, the last time there were troubles and that he strayed with me. Yeah. But Audrey's talking to Chris and the nurse is acting really weird. And when uh, Audrey requests that the woman, that the nurse apply a blood pressure test or whatever, the thing won't stop tightening on his arm and it starts freaking out and the machine starts fizzing out and we realize she's the electrically troubled person. Fortunately, Audrey has a, a sharp device that she can poke into the blood pressure cuff and deflate it so Chris's arm doesn't get crunched. Right. So now they know who it is. She's on the run. They get like a picture of her in a van where the mother uh, or I'm sorry, the uh, Chris's stepmother. So the mayor's wife is driving her away in a van. Right. Duke and Evie get to the Rasmussen house. They're searching or Evie gets to the Rasmussen house, runs into Duke, who's like, hey, you conned me. I conned you. Let's call it even. Let's find this thing. They go. They you know, follow the little clues. They solve the puzzle and find a little jewelry box that says what love conquers all. That's it's translated from Latin. So yeah. Duke knows Latin. Well, yeah. Yeah. That I feel like that's, that's reasonable. That's a given. I think at this stage of the game. Right. So Audrey and Nathan get to the church where they, cause the van I think is owned by the rev. So that's how they figure out where they're going. Excuse me. So they meet, so they meet Chris at the church with some of his electrical gear. Cause they're like, Hey, we need your help to stop the nurse. Right. And so when they finally get downstairs, uh, Felicia's sitting there on a chair across from uh, the nurse who was named uh, Lori. And Lori, and he, she's telling Lori, this is, you're here for the rest of your life because you're dangerous. It, Audrey, Nathan, Chris come in and, and then they start telling the truth like, hey, uh, she can't, con Audrey's like, she can't control her power. We found out that the microphone was tampered with. And then Chris is like, she knows enough about electronics to do it. Then basically comes out, Lori didn't kill the mayor. It, it was uh, Felicia who had killed the mayor and was trying to get Lori to take the blame. Lori freaks out, gets pissed. She and was sleeping at the mayor, right, Lori? Yeah, she, she was a mistress with the mayor. And uh, she just so pissed that the just kind of shoots electricity through the whole building. And Nathan had hooked her up to a lightning rod with, with uh, cables. He just happened to have in, in the Bronco and jumper cables. They're really long jumper cables. Yeah. Uh, uh, something like 80 foot jumper cables. Okay. So 
you know, because of their actions, they're able to, no one is seriously hurt. And uh, then we see they're rolling Lori out on a gurney. Audrey and Nathan are talking about what they can do to help her. Then uh, Audrey goes and talks to, uh, goes to talk to Chris. And while she's talking to Chris, uh, the Rev uh, arrives at the church. Yeah. Right? And the Rev just basically gives another threatening conversation to Nathan uh, but, you know, Edge is kind of on his side now. Uh, and we kind of cut after that whole conversation. Uh, Chris and Audrey are going to go have drinks and, you know, look at Plankton. Uh, when we cut to the final baseball game where, you know, now Audrey's kind of rooting for the red team, which uh, Nathan's not happy about because he's a fan of the blue team. But, you know, Chris is the coach of the red team. And uh, Dwight says, hey, it's cool having you, like standing up for trouble people. Nathan's like, yeah, it is kind of cool. And then Dwight and Evie. Uh, are going to bang at the gray goal. They start making out and say, why not? Fuck it. Well, exactly. And while they're uh, in their foreplay, they knock a lantern off the railing and it rolls over by the box that they found uh, at, you know, the Rasmussen house. And it flashes in blue letters across the lid, the word Crocker, or should I say the name Crocker? And that's how our episode ends. And, and it does. What did you, would you... Are you going to rate it? <laughs> okay. So my rating, this is going to be a while. While I liked aspects of this episode, there were more things that annoyed me and impacted my rating. <laughs> and, uh, the immediate and continued anger from Chris and, and Audrey's immediate and continued disdain for Chris was absolutely awful and way over the top. It, and it drove me mad, which pains me because I've always been a big Jason Priestley fan, even embarrassingly so going back to Beverly Hills 90210 when I was a <laughs> very, very young married man. And, uh, and I mean, this might be the most forced and ham-fisted setup of a romance I've seen on a show. Oh. And then the ridiculous fawning over over the mayor and and then later Chris was I thought was also ridiculous and over the top, which had me uh, wanting to snap if I heard one more time he's a great man, and uh, it, it just it just it's kind of like in the past seasons when you know when, when you find something and they just hammer 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 you with it I mean I just thought it was ridiculous, uh, I didn't like the episode title I thought it's. I just, you know, I get what they were doing and just, I mean, is, this isn't comedy bang, bang, come on. And, uh, but, you know, well, Eureka would do stuff like this all the time with their titles. It'd always be like goofy little, like, you know, plays on stuff all the time. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't appreciate it, but uh, no, not when it's attached to some crappy, crappy things, but you know, now to be fair, you know, talk, I got to talk myself off a ledge a bit. I, you know, there are positives to mention about about the episode as well. I mean, I love the whole Little League setup and uh, tradition. I also obviously enjoyed the introduction of Dwight. Uh, he was one of, I'd say he's one of my favorite characters overall. And there was one really, really cool thing that I really loved that I noticed, especially uh, watching, you know, multiple times, was that it turns out, Lori was at every scene of the electricity incidents. She was at every one of those scenes. And many times you don't notice her because they have her close to a real prominent figure cast member. 
So I think it's pretty, I think it was done intentionally and I think it's really, really clever. So I really want to give them credit for that. I thought it was, uh, I thought that was actually a brilliant move. Yeah. I've been wondering, I was like, was she there for all of those events? I was like, Hmm. And she was, cause I've watched, I've, I watched the episode. Did your detective work? Three and a half times. So, so, but with all that said, like I said, this episode was better than episode three, but you know, I, not by much. And, uh, I can only score it a four on the frontal meter. Wow, a four. Holy shit. That's up from a three uh, last week. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, the, 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 I hate people. Oh, oh, the way you feel about me is how I feel about most people. You're an ass. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just ridiculous. Ugh. So, <laughs> like I said, there were good things, but the things annoyed me so much. I mean, you know, I almost gave it a five, but then I'll be like, yeah, it needs to have some, it needs to take a little hit to know that I don't consider it a good episode. Cause I get a five, someone will be like, oh, it's okay. Still not a good episode. Uh, I gave it a seven. I thought it was good. Oh my God. <laughs> oh. I don't know. The mayor thing didn't really bother me that he's such a great guy. I thought that people fawning over like Nathan having to you know try to control himself was like funny you know when he's when they first run into him and he's like you know audrey how could you say that like apologize and stuff like i'm so sorry stand like, down parker stand down yeah exactly and at that, the end that, when he's trying know. to like not look at him and he's like that's your plan you're gonna keep your back to me which is then funny because then he's looking you know at the basement windows and that's where he sees the electricity yeah i mean that's <laughs> still god it's it's just so i don't know it's so i'll dumb. agree i definitely think uh audrey and chris is like they're so annoyed by each other they're romantically interested was really fucking dumb really fucking lame and forced as fuck uh yeah. so i was kind of like uh that's how we're doing like there's not even like an attempt at like because you know you can see like the evie duke chemistry right you're like oh okay you know these two are into each other blah 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 and maybe you know they're just like attractive people and you're like okay <laughs> but it's more believable with them that there's like chemistry there with like audrey and chris it's just like uh yeah nah. yeah yeah it's uh but i didn't was... dislike the character chris i just thought the approach to building that romance was not the wise choice no and uh, i actually remembered that I hated this episode the first time I watched mm. it too for the exact same re- same reason, and it, once again, and if my memory serves me right, I grew to re- you know really like the Chris character, and it's like I said, I'm like I'm a fan of Jason Priestley, and he's done some really good stuff, <laughs> and you know so it it it, it gets better. It, we're just in a little two episode little dip. That's that's all all it is. You know? See, I gotta take a different approach. I don't think these episodes are bad. This one is at least at least intentioned. It's like doing stuff. There's like a lot going on. I can enjoy that. Like there's progress with the Evie Duke. It's not just like Evie being like, Duke, let me help you. No, Duke, let me help you. Still no. And now Duke, I'm mad at you. Uh, okay. And so, like we kind of moved on from that, which was hilarious where he's like, aren't you mad at me? She's like, oh, not anymore. And it's like, okay, I guess we're just going to hand wave away. And I was like, holy fucking A is... Uh, Haven terrible with support, like continuity of supporting characters. Like they flip flop so aggressively, which in the hospital scene was going to drive me nuts when she was like, I'm going to, I was like, is this how they write her out of the show? I was like, (laughs) what the fuck? And then, you know, and then when you find out the truth, I was like, oh, okay, they got me. They got me. That's good. Well, and uh, a funny thing about that is uh, 
you know, first, I'll be honest, I was starting to get a little annoyed with the, ho oh, oh, I'm going to outcon you. No, I'm going to outcon you. Oh, no, you know? I liked it. <laughs> uh, okay, you know, once again, I think it's run its course. but And I think may, maybe now it has run its course since they, you know, took it to a physical level. It doesn't necessarily mean emotional level. Yeah, you know, it, that, that sort of thing. But one thing that was that was really cool, and I was mad at myself for not catching it the first time, so when we have the, uh, you know, the, the electrical shock storm at the wake, uh-huh. when, when you watch the scene, you actually see CGI, you know, electricity uh, rays. Running at, through everybody, you know, right? Everybody except Evie. Yeah. There's no ray. And I didn't catch that the first time I watched it. It was the second time where I watch and I really uh, try to observe, you know. I guess I attributed that to just like poor filmmaking you know it's <laughs> like yeah maybe they just sort of like fuck it you get the point she got electrocuted too yeah so but that once again you know you know maybe i do need to give this episode a five because uh, that yeah, was, look at uh, that look at that detail look at that level of detail right there yeah I'm choosing no, not to I, electrocute her so she can con duke i will yeah. say one criticism i did have was us not like them getting the information from vincent duke was kind of weird where it seemed like okay how did duke get any information from dave like it seemed like dave was like fuck He's you a, yeah yeah dave was basically like uh well we can keep doing this or should i just say no now <laughs> you know yeah exactly so i was That's like how did this happen i was like and i can't imagine vince giving her any information considering he doesn't tell audrey or nathan anything and then he's like, oh, here's a grad student. I'll give him like some good, uh, useful gossip info where they might find a dark secret. Yeah. Here's here's two career criminals. Yeah, <laughs> they couldn't be doing anything bad. They don't see this girl hanging out with Duke. They know everything in town. They should know she's, you know, one of Duke's accomplices. And maybe he did. And he still gave him the secret. Maybe Vince has got an agenda and wants Duke to find the jewelry box. Oh, he does not want Duke to find a jewelry box, and I'm, I'm not, you know, and that, and that'd be spoiler, but uh, that's one I can tell you. He does not want Duke to find a jewelry box. Plus, you know, I got to give the show credit for their work with Rev in this episode. Rev was maybe my favorite part for a couple of reasons. One, he's just generally awesome, looks mean as fuck. But two, <laughs> yeah, he owns a minivan. Ah, that was I'll... awesome at the end when he gets because he's this menacing like fucking badass like you know i'm gonna fucking rain justice and fire down on this town and there's gets a out war of this. coming <laughs> his face looks so menacing piercing blue eyes gets out of a silver fucking town and country or whatever like minivan and you're like yeah. what the fuck like why I, I, I was gonna ask you what you what you thought about that oh i yeah. loved it it's so funny that uh, the this character would drive such a like a pose you know such a vehicle that doesn't fit and I guess he had a daughter, you know, and then she had her son, right? Or whatever uh, uh, it was. Foster, foster son, kind yeah, of. So yeah, so what a son. Like, but, yeah, so he had a but family, you know, she, that he was taking she, she around. Took, she would have taken the van because she took the son. No, uh, she had an SUV. She had her own car. Remember, they uh, packed her car up. Nah, Rev see, what I think it is, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's diabolical. It's actually evil genius shit because here, here's this, you know, hardcore ruffian fight, like you said, fire and brimstone. I still got to attract new members to my flock. So let me throw people off by driving this mild mannered, mellow minivan. So, you know, I was going to say he has a lot of meetings to get to and, you know, it makes sense to carpool. So he goes and you picks pack- up guys like, Hey, get in the back. We're going to a hate message, like filled a uh, meeting. 
You, you can pack a lot of Bibles in there. That's right. Yeah, it's exactly. So, uh, number two, he also had a, he was buying a hot dog at the end uh, at the baseball game, <laughs> which you know what that means. Rev was eating one of his own Rev's red snapper dogs. Snapping dogs. That's right. You know, it turns out Rev is a sea dog as well, right? Yeah, he's. That's uh, right. Yeah. What is it? He, he approaches sea dogs. I hope sea dogs. Uh, yeah. Maybe it maybe that's like an alternate version of uh that's like a variant flavor of his hot dog too, is the sea dogs. Rev's uh frozen blue sea dogs or something. This is the microwavable versions you get for home. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, the whole little league thing, uh, you know, sea dogs versus cutters tradition for 50 years. Uh, that's, that's that to me, that seems like very King, King, like, you know, that would fit. Yeah. In, I think a King story. And another thing we pick up from the whole little league thing, since Nathan was a sea dog, that means Duke, Duke was, was a sea dog as well. Since they right. played together. It makes uh, sense. You know, him being a nautical themed. So a quick, you know, I don't know why I've, I played Little League. Uh, Alex wasn't um, much for baseball, but uh, I played Little League all, all through my childhood. So I'm. But do you think at one point Mayor Brody coached uh, Nathan's Little League team? And that's why Nathan throws the way he does? No, because we found out who his Little League coach was in a previous episode. One season. Remember? One season. One season? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's all Nathan cared about. I, I, think, I think the mayor co- coached them because, yeah, they throw similar. I don't know. I'm hoping, you know, maybe the Rev, maybe Dwight is eternal and was also their coach. He's like, yeah, I'm also a Little League coach, by the way, with my infinite skill set. <laughs> yeah, he's got a he's got a particular set of skills. Yeah, yeah made. Now, it's not really particular. It's pretty vast and no, uh, uh, varied. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Swiss Army Dwight. Yeah. <laughs> so how do he's we your... how did you like Edge? Do you think? What do we think about Sir Adam Co- Sir Adam Copeland? Just kidding, he's not knighted, but I don't think he's been knighted yet. But maybe uh, some WWE knighting, like yeah, like of the McMahon, you know, family or something. Yeah, well, I mean, like like uh, back in the original uh, iteration of Triple H, you know, he went by the Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and he was this uh, rich aristocrat, and uh, so maybe he knighted him at some point. Yeah. <laughs> There are a couple of things about Edge. First, I'll just say uh, I, I liked Edge's performance. I mean, you know, if this was his first acting performance, I thought he did really, really well. I, I don't even if it wasn't his first. But then again, you know. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be his first because he's a wrestler, right? That's yeah. half athletic, half it's, athleticism, half performance. You're saying it's not real. <laughs> yeah, of course it's not real, but it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, but I think when people like say like, it's not real, it takes away to not to steer this away from being a joke. Like people are like, Oh, it's not real. But I don't think people take into account how much, like, like how much of athletes they have to be and they're performers, right. They're actors too. Like, so no, I, I happen to, that? to agree with you, but it was the not real joke. Cause uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, it takes incredible skill. They have to, they have to train and learn how to do the flips, how to land properly. Yeah. So they don't actually beat the shit out of each other and still, they're still getting beat up, you know? I mean, and there's just, you know, there's only so much you can do to fake punch somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I thought Edge was really good. He's very stoic. He plays it really, really serious, which was, which was fun, which was nice. How is it possible that Nathan didn't know about Dwight? 
because look how freaking connected Dwight is. I mean, he can apparently order city crews around, <laughs> enter any facility he wants at any time and start monkeying him with the equipment. I mean, I mean, he's just way too connected. I mean, I, what I would have thought would have been a better approach would for him to show up that first time. And, and Nathan be like, oh, you're back. And he's like, yeah, I was, you know, he was gone for like a year or something as a backstory. I think that would have been a little bit more plausible to me. But uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess I wonder if, you know, Nathan, you know, I guess you could just say Nathan didn't really ask questions about, you know, I guess you could say Nathan didn't ask questions about how things were dealt with after you know, he would investigate the crime and stuff still has to get done. But. I guess Nathan doesn't stick around to answer those questions. He's, you know, run and gun. He's let's fucking get the bad guy. Let's get Audrey to convince him to blow himself up and then fucking go home. And it's Miller time, you know, <laughs> and leaves chief to clean up the mess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like I said, I, yeah, it's a strats, obviously a humongous stretch that Nathan wouldn't know that this guy exists. He's been working for his dad. Uh, and is this well connected? Yeah, that's uh, but then again, no complaints about them introducing Dwight because, like I said, I, I like him, and uh, his uh, his role is going to expand as time goes by. And there, uh, so what uh, what do you think of the trouble itself? Electricity is pretty stock standard type stuff for these type of shows. You know, there's usually like an electric power. Now, I think the more interesting one to talk about is the mayor, right? The popularity, and, and Chris. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with it. I do have one question, though. I do. I did have one kind of like, well, wait a minute moment with it, which was, wouldn't your wife be under your influence? You know, like, how come the wife was able to murder him? You know, when everybody else is completely incapacitated by his just mere presence. Well, right. Yeah. So there, there's there's that and it seems like uh, his son it, it didn't work on whatsoever well you know? okay maybe that's the thing then maybe it's like your direct family or maybe with enough time it like fades or something possibly and people just yeah. aren't around him enough yeah i don't you know like I said, the trouble itself i'm fine with i just didn't like the execution of it but uh I mean, I think it's an interesting trouble, actually. Uh, you know, and like you said, electricity—it's kind of stock. I mean, but yeah, you know, you, you know, you'd be you'd be kind of missing a check a checkbox if you didn't have an electricity <laughs> one. So, you know, I, kinda, I think I think the son being immune is fine. I think the wife is weird because the son's his blood. You know, it's his son. Yeah, I, right. and it obviously passed through to him, so he had the trouble dormant inside of him. So I think that makes sense. But the wife, for sure, I guess, unless like. You're saying like, well, if he has sex with them, then they're not, you know, like <laughs> then or if he's legally married to them. And then we start getting yeah. into these weird rules because he, like because he's having sex with Lori and she's still fawning over him. So, yeah. Was she fawning over the mayor or Chris? The mayor. And uh, she didn't have that much interaction with Chris with the blood p pressure pump. She did. And she was yeah. obviously enamored. But I don't remember her reaction to the mayor in that opening scene. Yeah, I, I don't I, I don't recall. So maybe but, she's not under the mayor's spell because, you know, they banged. Yeah, no, I think she's she's under the mayor's spell. Yeah, that's uh, OK. But one thing about the, the about the trouble, you know, it passed from the mayor to Chris when he died. Uh -huh. I mean, you, you buy that? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't know. I guess I didn't question it. I thought it like a trouble that focuses on one person couldn't exist in two, I guess was like my thinking it was like, yeah, of course 
there couldn't be two of these people like near each other, then what would happen? Why couldn't there? I mean, uh, because it's, it's, it's just your, it's just a popularity trouble. I mean, it's. Yeah. But I mean, imagine two people who have like, so what happens if they're standing next to each other, right? Are you, are you double overwhelmed? Are you like, I can't stop thinking about the mayor and Chris at the same time. They're both such great guys. And, and the first thing that pops into the affected mind is three way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. the director's cut, right? <laughs> but so I think because it's a it's a thing that's focused. It's a singularly focused. It's like a selfish thing. I understand. To me, it makes sense that it only works for one person at a time, right? Yeah, yeah. See, so we know it does. It you know it's passed down through families, and but mm-hmm. I, I just think why wouldn't Chris have it already? Because in resurfacing, uh, you know. Garrick, uh, he had it, and then his son was having it at the same, you know, at the they, they both yeah, had yeah. it at the and same time. Nathan so. and Max had theirs at the same time too. But like I was saying, is just that, or my take on it is just that since it's a self-centered thing, it doesn't work if there's two people who have it at once. It, it works if one person's getting all of the attention. Since it's you are taking everyone's attention, you you don't want to split that with anybody. So the power, it makes sense to me that it doesn't work w- across two people. Oh wow, that's a whole lot of. Uh, I don't think I don't think to, that's crazy. Uh, that, the writing. I don't uh, think that's uh, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Obviously, it was a stretch with Dwight, with Nathan not knowing Dwight. That's a crazy stretch that I actually don't think it's reasonable. But that one actually, that one I don't know makes sense to me. That's okay. like a self-centered trouble. It makes sense that it's only one person can have it at a time. Yeah, I, I don't think there that was maybe the it's thought the, that the quickening it at all. Hey, did you notice uh, when uh, Audrey asked Nathan if he got any got the results on the analysis from the microphone? Yeah, that he uh, busted out his little uh, smartphone and checked his email on it. Earlier in the season, he was he was rocking a flip phone, and uh, now he's got like a BlackBerry. Yeah, he's he's moving on up. Well, he's the chief. He's got more stuff, you know. That he's got a sorry interim chief. He's got more stuff. He's got to organize. Well, geez, it looks like he learned how to navigate that BlackBerry uh, pretty quickly. Uh, I'm not really sure. He was just on a flip flip phone like one episode before. It's not like that crazy of a – I don't know what you're getting at, that he wouldn't know how to use a BlackBerry. He's not a tech guy. I'm sorry. Nathan is just not a tech guy. Well, you don't have to be a tech guy. Everybody hates the fax machine. Nobody's a fax (laughs) machine person. You don't have to be a tech guy to get the BlackBerry. Like, he's, he's fine. You didn't have, I mean, how much trouble did you have like switching from, you know, one, you know, from a flip phone to a more complicated smartphone? That's not that crazy. It takes a while to get familiar with it. Uh, You know, Uh, the the first one, because I, I, yeah, I I went from like my Samsung flip to uh, my company bought me a a smartphone, the first gigantic smartphone that, uh, that you'd have to get a support brace to put on your belt. And uh, it was There's, a trio and uh, it, it was great, but it did take me a while to learn how to navigate everything. I think Nathan's quick on the uptake. I don't know. I don't know. He did go to college, right? He did go to college. He's an artistic type, you know, he's a critical thinker. Well, look at Duke. Duke doesn't, you know, we don't even know if he went to college, but, you know, he already knows Latin. So. He knows how to hack uh, the security systems around the harbor. Yeah, he's yeah, I mean, he's got he's got all kinds of skills. Though. Maybe they went to Haven Technical Institute, you know. Yeah. 
like uh like where i grew up it, it was a milwaukee area technical college but we saw it was you know dubbed matc and we always called it milwaukee's alternative to college you know and we mentioned it in the summary i don't think it's a stretch for for duke to, to know latin since latin is the base for pretty much all the romance languages yeah in yeah i think know. that makes sense and it's kind of you know he is apparently doing heisty stuff back in the day with Evie. I feel like you got to know, you know, if you're doing Indiana Jones, Uncharted shit, you got to like be able to read some Latin, you know, because there's always these ancient things you got to read. I think it makes sense. Hey, when they were uh, when they were digging the hole, uh, did you did you notice that they had set up a tent? Oh, no, <laughs> they, they, they have a tent set up like right above the hole. And I'm like. How the fuck long are you planning to stay out there? To that was for Abby to hole? hang out in there while he did all the work. <laughs> oh well, no, I didn't think of it that way. That's actually a, a, a very good point. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. Why be out in the rain? Know, get in the tent. Yeah, and I'm not cracking on it. I think I'm. You know, I'm just. I, I was just like, wow. It was. Uh, <laughs> I guess also, you know, they don't know how long they're. They don't know how long they're going to be out there. What if it takes like a couple of days to dig this thing up? They just got lucky, you know, and it's TV, so they need to have it done by now. I just, I just thought it was, like I said, interesting. You know, it wasn't, you know, anything that I think was negative or anything. Now, what I do think was negative was, uh, <laughs> you know, cut off sweatpants over the pants look, but uh, <laughs> gotta stay warm, gotta stay dry. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that, the, the slicker works fine for that. That was just goofy. And let me see what else. Um, there was you know. a weird. There was a weird part where audrey says that the mayor was the prime suspect when he dies she goes like oh that guy was our prime suspect and i thought that was like very bizarre where i was like why would you think the mayor is the prime suspect just because she saw his power at play because you remember she asked the she asked the teagues hey uh can uh, electricity uh alter the way people think you know and then vincent's mm, that's like right, well, that's right the brain is basically a box with a bunch of wires and thoughts so, but I feel like that was a stretch to think it was the mayor. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't Chris right off the bat. The minute she saw him, hey, he's a troubled killer. <laughs> I wouldn't let him around kids. Yeah, you know, I'm still not buying this FBI file thing. I mean, and they have a map. <laughs> you know, maybe know. it was planted by uh, by fake Howard? Howard. Do you know how much he's got hidden in that baggy suit? He's got <laughs> well, tons uh, of files hidden under up his sleeve. Well, one thing that also I was thinking about with this was uh, the mayor was married to someone else when you met him 27 years ago when his trouble was in effect and you hooked up with him. What once the troubles restarted, what weren't you? How did you not know he was going to hook up with someone else again? I mean, the magnetism is too powerful. You know, women can't help themselves. And, you know, well, what would you want him to what do you want her to do? Well, murder him, but uh, yeah, murder him. I was kidding. Preemptive, like you can't preemptively divorce him because he hasn't done anything until no. she catches him. No, you just need to keep your ass right around him so he doesn't have time to cheat on you while he's drunk. Yeah, but that's also not her, you know, her it's not her responsibility to watch him 24 7. It's also his responsibility to say no. Uh, 27 years ago, he didn't, he, you know, just had to know he was going to do it again. Yeah, well, saying. that's obviously the crux right is like you would you know you think like it won't be you too at one point is always the yeah thing in those He's situations changed. no yeah, it was for me well there'll yeah. be another you the reality is people generally only change from themselves but uh you know it was really cool seeing like a you know a forceful nathan the way he strong-armed a rev at the church man he's like hey 
it, it was your van. They're at your church. You know, word could get out. People could know that you were involved. And, you know, and Rev's all like, oh, is that a threat, Nathan? And uh, Nathan's like, well, if I find out you knew anything about this, I'm going to put you in jail. And that's a threat. And that just shut the Rev up cold. That was really good. That was a good scene. You know, you've basically talked me into elevating it to a five. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, the, the rest Red Snapper Dog should have had it at a five at a minimum. Oh, <laughs> well, you have to, like, you know, infer to that, that he's having a Rev Snapper Dog. Yeah, well, that's all they talked about in the commentary. No, I'm just kidding. There was no commentary for this. There was episode. no commentary on on this one. No. It was directed by Lynn Stopkov- Stopkovich. Stopkovich, mm-hmm. uh, Canadian director. Uh, just perusing her directed stuff. The only th- the interesting one I thought was a uh, Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries it was a funny sounding show. Canadian murder mystery. Yeah, uh, she did. She did a lot of Canadian stuff. Uh, I remember I did look. I did look through her list, and I, I found like one or two things that I that I did like. But uh, and written by Jonathan Abrahams, he did a lot of work on Mad Men. Yeah, uh, I, I can't remember which award he won. If it was you know a, a Golden Globe or what for his writing on there, probably, probably a Golden an, Globe. Do you think he had an electric powered person in Mad Men? Yeah, that was. This uh, does make sense. A story about infidelity. After he's like coming off a of madman, they're like, "Hey, we we need a person like to write about an affair." He's like, "I, yep, I got it. I just I did got that it for like Don, Don Draper, yeah, <laughs> you know, dude. We'll, we'll do a mayor who's like Don <laughs> Draper. That's right." And uh, that was uh, son hates him, wife leaves him. You know, typical stuff. Well, and w- another thing was like you know, so that scene when they're. Uh, they're wheeling uh, Lori out on the gurney to the ambulance. And then Nathan's like, you know, what do we do for someone like that? And she's like, well, she needs a fresh start. <laughs> she needs to get friends and you know, have relationships, you know, that'll keep her grounded. And uh, I mean, a yeah, big eye roll there. You're like, ah, oh, Jesus Christ. But that's what, you know, and that's what I can't, I can't, I can't, I couldn't really decide, you know, you know, is it too <laughs> cheesy or is it sneaky, sneaky good just because of the way Emily Rose acted it? The, the way she said it, I mean, because she almost had this look on her face like, yeah, this is going to sound cheesy, but it's really the important part. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a face of like, I got to say this. Well, that's the face I you don't thought it want was. to. Like, this line is so fucking stupid, but grounded. Okay. Well, my, my final question for you is, do you think Duke would have – even have a chance with Evie or Chris for that matter, have a chance with Audrey. If Joe Campbell was still around. <laughs> Audrey and Chris. Yes. Because neither of them are tourists, which is Joe's main, okay. like uh, that's who he targets the most is the, the, to- the tourists, Evie, she's a tourist. Mm-hmm. So I think Duke's a uh, shit out of luck. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. Joe Campbell would pick her up at the gray goal swoop in, but Luckily, yeah. Helena took care of that for us. I was going to say BD, but uh, Helena still won't. In, when BD's in Helena mode is when that takes you. I still say we resurrect them, and then they, they do a spinoff where, uh, like that old uh, <laughs> that old reality show, uh, The Pickup Master, <laughs> with Jill Campbell. Their pickup artist? Yeah, the pickup artist, yeah. Well, this one, you can't you can't use pickup artist because it's already you know, trademarked. But, you I, was, know. I was thinking, like, uh, you know, like, Joe Campbell and Captain Richards, uh, maybe Buddy Copper. I guess Buddy Villains, maybe. 
Joe Campbell's like, let's, you know, go get laid. And Captain Richards is like, no, we got to go fucking take over the world. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. And, and then you know, Campbell's like, when can I go to the bar and get me some skis, you know, or something? And of course, it always, you know, the antics end up into, you know, he, you know, they, then things get crossed, right? Where Captain Richards ends up on a date and uh, Joe Campbell ends up in a meeting with supervillains across the world plotting to destroy the world. And it's, you know, uh oh. Some real, crazy uh, mix them ups. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so I, I, I had a, you know, I wasn't ready to let go of the Joe Campbell character. Or we take him back in time and they team up with rookie chief for the decade. He was a rookie and you know, who knows what'll happen in the seventies there. Three's company, yeah. three's company resurrected. <laughs> oh yeah. That, that would be really interesting. <laughs> and uh, you know, and we do have a time traveling Bronco, you know, we just got to yeah. get, Nathan to borrow it to us. So yeah, it's like the TARDIS. The chief is basically the doctor. Yeah, th- that's what we would have found out if they got one more season. Yeah, the chief <laughs> is regenerated. Uh, it's good. Things are happening. That's what I liked about it. Is I liked that things were going on actually. Instead of, I felt like we were a little bit like stuck. I, I was a little like I said disappointed with the usage of fraudery. So I was kind of like, uh, like what are we gonna do now? And this one was like fine because now we got. Chris in is like our next supporting character, which I'm sure next episode he's gonna go from like I don't know, next episode he's gonna be like an extreme conservative, and then the next episode he's gonna be an extreme liberal, and then the next episode he's gonna be an anarchist, you know, depending on the track re- or going off the track record they've had on their supporting characters fucking flinging wildly from one end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah, yeah. I think you could see like this. This episode, I mean, he's clearly an asshole. I mean, and he probably has this reason for being an asshole. But uh, in the next episode, I mean, it's going to be like, oh, but now, you know, now that he's dating Audrey, he's he's awesome. Great guy. (laughs) But I uh, like I said, I I think I what what I remember is that I end up do liking liking the, you know, and I didn't necessarily hate the character. I just hated it. Just it was too thick. It was. I mean, I like the grouchy asshole character. So, yeah, it it works. I mean, it was just I mean, it was beyond overkill. I mean, I felt like they were (laughs) like taking a hammer and just hitting it into my head. And uh, I guess the problem was the not much chemistry, not a good setup for them. I get what they were going for. They're like, they fucking annoy each other, but opposites attract too much, too much. Yeah. Well, I think that is all for that part, that part of the discussion. Now we are going to move into our little, a smaller extra segment. This one's just a, a real quick one before we end the episode. Uh, in honor of our WWE superstar edge, I put our characters through a wrestling name generator. So now <laughs> oh, God. all our characters have, wrestling names oh do the oh. hosts have wrestling names too yes the hosts do have wrestler names uh i'll save those ones for last awesome but i better not get hosed like the first uh wu-tang name okay which i refuse to acknowledge i am enchanter sick i will hear nothing yeah you like that kid that makes up his own nickname hey what's wrong with being called skippy <laughs> all right so the first name i put in was audrey parker and it came up with Ava Earthquake Hall. So her real her name would be Ava Hall, but her wrestling name is Earthquake. How do we feel about that? I don't know. It's a little weird, right? Chief would have maybe should have been Earthquake. Yeah, it, it's just with this set of characters, it does. I, I mean, you know, outside of a vacuum, you know, it'd be great. She could do this thing where she like, uh, you know, like stomps her, like her foot. <laughs> 
that that's her finishing move is like she takes her foot and she just stomps you into submission. Oh, and, I thought she's uh, gonna put a piece of glass on you, then stomps a piece of glass, you know. Since she well, has to cut on her foot. <laughs> oh wow, well, there you know there. I, I like where you're going with this. I, <laughs> okay, who do we got next? All right, so for Nathan, Nathan Warnos. This thing's gonna be pretty weird. Uh, there's gonna be some interesting implications from this, by the way, but I'll get to those later. Nathan came up as Suguru, the, <laughs> the Mangler Gray. So Suguru Gray, and then his wrestler name is the Mangler. Suguru. Yeah, S U G U R U, Suguru. Well, is that is that like from like Japanese wrestling inspired? I mean, it must be. It must be. Yeah. So I guess he would be Ichiban. Yeah. <laughs> so how about the Mangler? Does that make sense for Nathan? Uh, well, since he can't feel, so he doesn't care. I mean, he's just crazy. He's 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 like uh, Mick <laughs> Foley, you know, Cactus Jack Mankind, you know, doing these hardcore matches. I mean, they're throwing him on nails. <laughs> you know, so they got and like a he, Hannibal Lecter like mask on him. Yeah, I I could see it. He's uh, <laughs> Mangler. I think would would work for him, but uh, I'm not sure about Seguru. <laughs> oh, I think it fits. You might have to wear a mask, but. Uh, all right, so next up we have Duke, but Duke Crocker. I think his wrestling name fits really well. I don't know about the rest of it. His name was Gabriel Beefcake Nakamura. <laughs> it's the Nakamura. I mean, the you know Gabriel so Gab- Gabriel's perfectly fine. Yeah, and, so Gabe uh, Gabe Nakamura. Beefcake was his uh, wrestling name. Beefcake's pretty good for Duke, though. Yeah, I, I think Eric Balfour would probably choose Beefcake if he had to choose <laughs> a wrestling name for, uh, you know, his character. I thought it would be VVV, you know, would be his, or V would be his wrestling name. Valentino. Yeah, 3V. <laughs> and it'd be like uh, like fingers. Uh, well, yeah, try to make it with his fingers. All right, so. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Yeah. yeah, so I think Duke's, the nickname works really well. Uh, I don't know about Gabriel Nakamura, but I, I think you, it could be his fine. alias, though. You know, it's like, where is this guy even from? Like, and he's like, oh, I'm world traveled. You don't even know, like, where well, I'm coming from. Well, you know, kind of maybe he could say he's part uh, Japanese, you know, with the dark hair, you know, <laughs> his face is kind of angular. I don't know. Maybe I'm, probably not. But hey, in wrestling, you could probably get away with it. I mean, you know. <laughs> all right. So the Chiefs, the Chiefs. So one weird thing that this, this generator does is his wrestling name nickname is also the mangler because it figured out that they're related. So it gave him the same wrestling name. So I guess the chief was the original mangler. Nathan was mangler too, or son of mangler. Yeah. Son of mangler. (laughs) Uh, But the chief's name is Mustafa uh, Huang, like H U A N G. I think is how you say it. Right. So Mustafa Wang. I wish they would, uh, you know, work on the code so that, you know, at least the first and last names maintain somewhat the same. I like it. It's, you know, they're all, you know, they're all uh, ethnically mysterious, ambiguous. Who knows where they're coming from? All right. So next we got, I put in Dwight Hendrickson. Once again, this would be awesome if it came out with Edge. It did not. This one's pretty good, though. It came up with... (laughs) Uh, it came up with Jules, J-U-L-E-S, Jules the Clown Wong, W-O-N-G for the last name. So Jules yeah, I, Wong is the clown. 
Uh, you think yeah. he could be the clown? Do you think he could? Dwight's not really a clown, but I feel like Adam Copeland's a good enough actor. He could play a wrestler called the clown. I, I mean, could he? Yeah. W- would it really fit him? No, it'd be a waste. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be a good art, you know, art wrestling, you know, and, and, and you know, to come clean, I don't really watch, I haven't watched wrestling, you know, I, I tried to watch an episode just like a couple weeks ago, just, and you know, and it, it, it's, you know, it's okay. It just, you know, it doesn't pull me in anymore. It, well, and especially the clown's not going to pull me in anymore. You know. <laughs> uh, next up is Evidence Ryan. It came up with the, uh, the wrestler name is pretty inappropriate while also being appropriate. So the name they came up with was Ruby Vasily was like the real name. And then the actual, the wrestler name was Booty Call. (laughs) So Ruby Booty Call. uh, Vasily. Yeah. Sorry, Vasiliev. It's like it ends with a V, actually, not a Y. Vasiliev. Okay. Uh, uh, Booty Call, huh? Ruby Booty Call was for Evie. Well, (laughs) and then just call her Ruby Booty, you know. And uh, I think Ruby Booty Call works better than Ruby Booty. Almost sounds like yeah, you're saying Rudy Tootie. Fresh and fruity. Uh, where, yeah. where are we at? Uh, IHOP? Or, uh, but, yeah, you know, and this <laughs> is 2011 too, right? You know, so I probably guess. filmed in 2010. So, All right, next up was Dave Teague. And once again, uh, it's going to give Dave and Vince the same wrestler name, but then their actual names are different with different last names. I don't know what's up with that. So Dave is uh his, his real name is Haruto Foley. <laughs> Haruto Foley. So Haruto H A R U T O Foley F O L E Y. Okay. Uh, and his wrestler name is Fender Bender. <laughs> oh. Uh Vince got Brock Gray Fender Bender. But the uh, interest, the implication I was talking about was that Nathan got the last name Gray as well, just like Vince did. Hmm. So I don't know. Maybe there's a connection here. Maybe Vince is secretly, he's not just the son of Mangler. He's also the son of Fender Bender. So you're saying there's a lot of inbreeding in Haven? Yeah, you know, maybe yeah that's just why that, we got troubles. Just that Nathan's got a secret, another secret dad. How many, like Nathan's got three dads at this point on the record. He's trying to collect them all. Well, and maybe the, the you know, the, maybe Dave is related to um, Mick Foley, the the real wrestler. Maybe, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe he, you know, he's he a secret his, brother named Naruto. Yeah. <laughs> well, based on age and all that, maybe I'd say uncle or you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, possibly right. father, possibly father. All right. So I put in Chris. Uh, I forgot what the last name is, but I put it in the last name. Brody. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Brody. This one. The real name it came up with was Brian Moore, M-O-O-R-E. So, you know, normal. <laughs> the fucking wrestling name it came up with was Slobberknocker. <laughs> <laughs> so Brian Moore, the Slobberknocker, is uh, Chris, <laughs> Chris Brody. <laughs> Everyone, Brian Slobberknocker Moore from yeah. Parts Unknown. I put in Audrey Parker again. For our Fraudry character, I didn't put in Fraudry, just Audrey Parker, and it came up with this one's this one's a this one's a cool name. It doesn't you know, her real name was Carmen Rodriguez, with her okay. uh, wrestler name was Femme Fatale. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she so I think like she a, got a good one. She could be like a luchadora, 
Yeah. Yeah. Wear, wear the mask and uh I entered Lucy Ripley. Ripley. I entered Lucy Ripley, came up with her real name being Olivia Wilson. Okay. And her last and her wrestler name being the Terminator. Oh, I like it. I like it. And so I think it's funny that's Olivia Wilson, the Terminator. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't much you don't, I don't think you know too much about comic books, but a villain in the DC universe is called uh, Deathstroke. And his old moniker was Deathstroke, the Terminator. He was a Teen Titans villain, Batman villain type guy. Uh, he was gonna, he was in the post credit scene for Justice. He was in Arrow. You watched Arrow, yeah, Slade Wilson. I'm... So that's his last name is Wilson now, and he's Deathstroke, the Terminator. So I thought that was kind of a neat little connection right there olivia wilson the terminator deathstroke deathstroke the terminator is slade wilson there we go mentioning arrow again <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna let it go even though i haven't i think i uh if we want to equate finishing a season to finishing a race in a car the burning wreck slid across the not even the burning wreck one of the tires that flew off the exploding car went across the finish line that's all that's all the all that made it of season three of season three i at the end i wasn't even looking at the screen it was just on and i was like oh this looks like shit okay well i'm not i'm going back to not looking well yeah you have it on and you're actually reading like a book or something but you you have it on i think i wasn't even in the room i think i was doing dishes for like the last episode i was like oh all right well it's finally over well uh you know what if they did a, like like a crossover where uh, Joe Campbell went to Arrow? Well, I'm pretty sure uh, Oliver Queen is Joe Campbell reincarnated because he fucks everybody on that show at some oh, point dude. or another. Joe Campbell's coming and he's stealing <laughs> Felicity. I mean, yeah, <laughs> totally. All right. So All next right. up, we have Rev. Oh, uh, Edward Driscoll or right. Edmund Driscoll. Edmund, right? Edmund. Yeah. So his real name came up as Scott Slaughter. Ha <laughs> ha. But his wrestler name, now this is interesting. His wrestler name came up as the Chief. Oh, uh, trying to take the throne uh, from the Mangler Sr. Scott the Chief Slaughter. Yes. That, that works. That Scott works. Slaughter, you know, he, he's trying to, you know, wrestle control of Haven from from the oh, Mangler yeah. family. He was the, he's the brother of Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> is that G.I. Joe? Well, he was a wrestler first, oh, and then okay, they, okay. Some, they incorporated him right into the cartoon and action figures. Yeah, yeah. I was like, you don't get in the cartoon unless you were an action figure. In fact, and also, once your action figure is off the shelves, you're out of the fucking cartoon. It was bye-bye, get the fuck out. We got toys to sell. But in the reality, everyone just wanted to be shipwrecked. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I put the Cape Rouge through it. See what it come up with. And I cut out the real name. I just took the wrestler name. I can't I don't even know what the real name came up as. I just wanted the wrestler name to see what we'd call the Cape Rouge. Because that's where the, the wrestling matches would be held is on the Cape Rouge. You know, we build a ring in the middle of it. Oh yeah. And and even ha- have a cage because you know Yeah, exactly. Cage match that we can drop on there. Underwater uh, we could, matches. We could get uh metal folding chairs from the basement at the Good yeah. Shepherd Church. Rev, you know, Rev's in the wrestling league. So uh and the Cape Rouge nickname came up as Tiger. The tiger so nothing too special there yeah yeah it's a little you know uh been there done that many many times yeah all right so and and they could play survivor's eye of the tiger when uh yeah, exactly you know, getting the crowd all revved up oh yeah, revved up you're gonna get revved up yeah that's what he says to people before he you know jumps off the top rope all right so for our hosts names we'll start with mine it came up as uh, Sergey Martinez. <laughs> uh, no, With my wrestler name as Pile Driver. Sergey 
pile driver martinez you know that works right because yeah well i don't know how how many sergey martinez's there are uh in the world so So, yours since i said like i said people with the last same last name have the same wrestler name yours is also pile driver but your name is (laughs) okay wait before you do this did you put your full name in or just alex french i put alex french rich french okay there we go okay and it came up as dash uh i'm not sure how to say is it pettit or petite pettit it's okay. pettit yeah i prefer petite, petite though Come. dash petite <laughs> the no, pile no, driver no, no. no it, it's pettit <laughs> dash uh, pettit dash the pile driver pettit father son wrestling team all right yeah, Dash and Sergey. <laughs> Maybe I didn't like you. I wasn't planning you. So, you know, you were uh, n- not a pleasant surprise in this wrestling universe, in the real world. Of yeah, course. In the rest, yeah, in our wrestling cinematic universe, you know, I found you 20 years later and proved I could beat you in the ring to conquer my demons in the tiger ring on the, you know, or on the tiger ship, I guess. So I'd have to be a heel in other words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, basically, you know so, how it is. Yeah. I see. I see how it is. I mean, how many uh, stories have like uh, good father but evil son? You know, it's usually good son, evil father. No, those shows are like on Hallmark about uh, elders <laughs> being abused by their fifty-something-year-old children who are <laughs> starving them and stealing all their money. I guess there's the Omen. There's an evil kid, but he gets his dad off the board <laughs> pretty fast. Evil. Doesn't get more evil than uh, D- Damian Thorne. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, newsflash, don't buy him a tricycle. <laughs> don't, don't, don't buy him an evil little suit either. <laughs> so that is a look into the wrestling, the WWE superstar cinematic universe crossover with Haven. <laughs> hey, I, I, I would pay-per-view that, man. That would be, uh, now, nah, you know, it, it might be only four ninety nine. I'm willing to pay, but I would pay to see it. <laughs> One time, not monthly, just once. Once, uh, <laughs> once, yeah. Never happens again. For season two, we're doing something a little different, something new. Uh, we're doing a, I guess not DVD, a Blu-ray giveaway. We've got the first season of Haven on Blu-ray, totally wrapped and everything, and we're going to do a giveaway. We're sending it out to any of our loyal listeners who can send in, tweet at us, email us a little haiku about Haven. Just a little poem. Wow. So uh, you... You are not eligible. I know you like poetry, but you are not eligible to win the Blu-ray. Ah, you already have stinks. a copy. I, 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 I'm too verbose. I, I can't do haikus. <laughs> I, you know, I, yeah. As some people have told me, I can write some great bad song lyrics <laughs> for my real poetry. Nickelback Creed level. You know. Uh, oh my, 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 <laughs> my arms are wide open. Yeah, and. Uh, but audience, we want to see if you can take us higher. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you can, uh, just all you have to do is a haiku. If you want to go longer, we'll we'll read some longer poetry. But the requirement is just a haiku. You can do, you know, it, but, but not Beowulf length. Okay, <laughs> we're we're not talking. I I don't have a week to read it. Okay. Yeah, nothing like Shakespeare. Uh, no Dante's Inferno. But if you want a little bit of longer poetry, we can do it. But you know, a little haiku will suffice. Uh, if you want to be serious, or if you want to be funny, we like funny a lot too. I know we try to be at least. I don't know if we've not much yeah. success there. That's why we need you guys to write us funny poetry yeah, so we can uh, steal it and put it on the show. They're not laughing <laughs> with us. They're uh, laughing at us. <laughs> As is life. So whoever turns in, you know, the our little Haven poetry slam, I guess, we'll 
be taking a look at that and announcing in a couple of weeks, a couple episodes down the line, we'll give you some time to submit those. Who wins the Haven Blu-ray season one? So you can learn the hell that is trying to get those discs out yeah. of there. You have to tweet us back or, or email us back, you know, about uh, how long it takes you to figure out those, uh, you know, getting the disc back in. And if you tell us the first time, I, you're lying. You're lying. Then we're going to, you got to mail it back. That's Shrink right, wrap man. it, send it back, uh, sanitize <laughs> it, obviously. But uh, we, you know, we want some, we want, we know we get to uh, listen to the commentaries and see the special features, but not everybody does. So we want to give one lucky fan the opportunity to experience the joys of Haven on Blu-ray. Yeah, you, you, if you haven't heard a Sam, uh, Sam Ernst and, and Jim Dunn, or or should I say Jim Dunn and Sam Ernst commentary, you're in for a treat. And uh, I would get a tweeting really quick. And that Captain and Tennille in the first episode. That's you know you don't get that on Netflix or Tubi. No, no. So it's worth it pe- for the captain. Think of the cat. Do it for the captain. Do it for the captain. Famous. <laughs> you know, everyone should have that as a tattoo. It's like the new YOLO. <laughs> Do it for the captain. Do it for the captain. But that's it for the episode. You can uncover more secrets of Haven with us in one week. Trouble drops every Monday, so make sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts like Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, Stitcher. I'm going to go through the whole list. Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Deezer, and YouTube. If you want to contact us, the easiest way to reach us is by email. You can reach us at troubledrewatchpod at gmail.com. If you want the podcast straight from the source, you can visit our website, troubledpodcast.com where we upload every episode and put updates for everyone to see what we're up to and any links that you're having trouble finding. You can find it all there. But let's say you're on Twitter and want to follow us there. Our Twitter handle is at Haven's Troubled. That's a capital H and a capital T. You can follow us to see any kind of Haven-related stuff. Podcasting is fun and we love it, but uh, it doesn't pay our bills yet. That's why you can find us on Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. Or if you go to Patreon and search for Troubled, a return to Haven, you can find us there. Uh, We have three tiers joining the first for $1 makes you a Haven tourist where you'll get access to our production documents, fun behind the scenes info, as well as a fan shout out and a Wu-Tang nickname. And I'm thinking we might got to add a, a wrestling generated name too now. I would have to concur with that. I mean, yeah. uh, with uh, troubled return to Haven, Patreon provides value. And, so uh, our, our, patron, our patrons that have remained loyal with us and any newcomers for season two, you'll also be getting a wrestling name generated for you. Uh, joining our $3 tier makes you a Haven resident where you'll gain access to our bonus series, Troubled with Extra Syrup. We travel outside the confines of the Haven TV series to bring you more than you ever thought you needed. We've covered Stephen King, books, soundtracks, TV shows, real-life events, you name it. But we always find a way to tie it back to Haven. Lastly, our $5 tier is our Haven's Trouble tier where you get access to the director's cuts episodes as they come out. We'll be dropping uh, all throughout 2021. You'll also have the option to set up a Zoom call of any kind. Uh, not of any kind, but you can drop, you can uh, join a Zoom call <laughs> and uh, we'll set up a Q&A if you want. Uh, there, there, there are certain things we just will not do, even even for our Patreon members. Uh, there, there's laws we won't break. <laughs> but not many. Not many. Even laws of physics. <clears throat> yeah. And we can turn it in an episode, a production document, like a, like a, a transcript if you want anything if you think it might be entertaining for listeners just uh contact us on patreon and we'll schedule that and set it up but that's it for us we'll be back in one week thank you for listening this is alex french and this is rich french and i just want to echo alex's thanks we appreciate your listenership 
We hope you're enjoying it and definitely reach out to us if you have, uh, you know, questions, concerns, you know, attaboys, you, you name it, you know, ideas for, hey, you know, why don't you do a special segment on this? And, you know, we, we would love to hear it. We want you to be an active uh, participant in the show. But with no further ado, once again, thank you for listening. Please be safe. And most importantly, never let your troubles get you down. 